welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today my returning guest is Iron Stash Randy Bryce. I absolutely adore Randy. And so we had a really productive conversation. I was fortunate enough to, well, I tried to have this conversation before with someone who shall remain nameless, and it didn't go that well. It was okay, but whatever. Anyway, what I wanted to talk to Randy today about is how we can unify the Democratic Party can unify with progressives and you know some of these never Trumpers like Steve Schmidt who's become a Democrat. So uh, I wanted to talk to him and get his ideas about that. And and he's so genuine and such a good man. So I enjoyed my conversation with him. But I I told you that I like to I or at least I. I'm trying to keep my intro shorter because I do now the Kimberly's After Party, which is kind of like an outro or little show on its own for listeners, for patrons only, which I will explain in a minute. But I'm going to make this intro slightly longer today just because I have a, a, a tiny announcement that I talk about a little bit more in the Kimberly's After Party. But I'm just I'm going to go with what I usually say. And then I'm going to stop myself when there's, you'll see. So basically, the Start Me Up podcast is independent. It's supported by listeners and it's woman run. I do not have corporate backers. Now, this is the place where I say I don't use advertisers. Okay, that's going to change. The show's going to get advertisers. I give you a little bit more details in Kimberly's after party. I'm not going to give you the details now, but soon enough, I'm going to announce it. And soon enough, there will be ads in this show. And as I said on Kimberly's After Party, a girl's got to make a living. (laughs) Other podcasters out there have advertisers. So I've got to jump on this bandwagon, and I have been invited to join the specific group whose the group is awesome. So FYI. Um, All right. So patrons are the ones who keep this show going, though regardless of the advertisers. (laughs) If you enjoy today's show, please take a look at the About page. You can check out some of my past guests. I'm very excited because I'm going to be talking to you at some point. We haven't booked a date yet, but his name is James Reynolds. He used to be the, uh, I used to work on Days of Our Lives as a police officer. He is the chief of, was the chief of police. I don't even know what he does now, but I'll find out when I talk to him. He and I had a really great rapport on the show. I was a cop. He was, you know, the chief of police. And he's so super freaking cool. I love him. And we just had a nice Twitter conversation the other day. So he's going to be on the show probably either later in the month or early February. It just depends on his work schedule. So anyway, yeah, if you like the show, check out some of the past guests, as I said. Uh, they are A lot of them are listed on my About page. Um, but also, please consider becoming a patron for any dollar amount. Because, like, for instance, if you sign up for, say, $2 or $3 a month and you decide later you can upgrade, then you could just upgrade later. But you could still support the show in the meantime. And the way that I do it is I do two free shows on Monday and Wednesdays. And then I do two patrons-only shows with Steph Walton. And that might be changing, too, because she's looking for a job. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But anyway, right now, I do these patrons-only shows with Steph. And we do those twice a month. And then, of course, I do the Kimberly's After Party after every free show. So this is how it's going to work. If you're a patron for $4 or less, you get the two free shows and one patrons-only show with Steph Walton delivered to your email box. If you're a $5 subscriber or more, then you get everything that I do delivered to your email, email box. You get both of the free shows, you get the Kimberly's After Parties, and you get both of the patrons-only shows. So 
I think I've made myself clear enough. That's at patreon.com slash startmeup. You can sign up, like I said, for any dollar amount. You can always upgrade. You can also make a one-time donation by checking on the uh, or checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email, which is attached to my PayPal. So you can use that. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. So just please stop by iTunes and go to Apple Podcast, become a subscriber because it's free. And then while you're there, also please give me a good review if you like the show and a rating. So again, I always like to say you don't have to write a really long review. Just, hey, I really enjoy the show. That's good. But it helps me. So I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm always appreciative of all my patrons. Thank you so much. I love and adore you and you know it. All right. So please now enjoy my wonderful conversation with Iron Stash Randy Bryce. Welcome back to the show, Randy. Thank you. Great to be here. Every every time I say your name, I think about the fact that like Randy was the '80s popular hot boy's name. <laughs> 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 you know, because what brings what I think of is there was a movie called Little Darlings. Do you remember that movie? I do. It's oh, I do. God, it's one of my favorite movies in the whole wide world with Christy McNichol and uh, yeah. Tatum O'Neill and Matt Dillon, and he played Randy. <laughs> And I was in love with Matt Dillon. <laughs> I, ha- I had a crush for, with uh, Chris McNichol. Yeah, so did my boy. I think every boy in America did. Mm-hmm. She was cute. I loved her. And, and she's a lesbian, so she wouldn't care. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm sure she's flattered, though. <laughs> oh, my God. It's too bad that we scheduled the show today because there's, like, nothing to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. just been. It's been so boring. All, all weekend too, and yeah, nothing <laughs> going on the past week. Um, okay, I obviously want to talk about current events, but um, one of the things that I want to get to a little later on is it's it's you know we've talked before. I'm a progressive. Mm-hmm. I I like Elizabeth Warren. I like the things Bernie says. I like what AOC is pushing, and. I'm on that side of the Democratic Party. But Mm -hmm. there's also, you know, especially since Trump, now we've got a lot of prior conservatives, like, for instance, Steve Schmidt, uh, coming over Mm -hmm. to our side. And I feel like even though I can look at Lincoln Project with a side eye, I'm I'm trusting them a little bit more for now because I did see, you know, they were helping with at least a helpful message with Democrats winning um, uh, Georgia. You know, I mean, I'm not 100% sold on them, but I'm grateful that right. they're supporting. So at some a little later on, I just I'm so I'm just putting this in your head. Um, I right. want to talk about how the progressive faction of the Democratic Party can, you know, at least make peace with some of these new, more conservative kind of Democrats, because the goal is to win elections. And mm-hmm. you know, and I and, and I really appreciate your pragmatic approach to things because I know you're a very progressive person and mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like you have a very strong voice and a strong platform and that because you're a leader and you're somebody that's influential, your voice can have an impact on that particular thing. So we'll just stuff that away and we're going to talk about it okay. in a minute. Um, Sounds good. But I want to get to the fact that, first of all, I never thought, I never thought in a million years that we would like watch an insurrection in this country oh my god it, it was it was crazy yeah i mean you know and having the president called call upon these people yeah. to do that 
after the fact saying, I love you, um, you know, and this goes back to when he was talking to the Proud Boys, you know, stand mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then trying to claim, oh, I don't have anything to do with them. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and the more videos, the more evidence that comes out, the more disgusted mm-hmm. I am by, you know, these are people. Uh, I, I just can't, I can't believe we're, basically, I can't believe that we're at where we are yeah, today. I know. And that this one man. <sighs> Um, has destroyed so much and it's yeah. like ever since he took office he's been trying to light everything and anything on fire that he can yeah. all around him and and now he's you know dousing everything with gasoline mm-hmm. everything that's left mm-hmm. well um, and michael cohen basically told us this was going to happen right right i mean um, we... yeah and it's not it, it really isn't that big of a surprise right um but to actually see it happen yes it's like you don't believe that anybody it's shocking. this horrible of a person, not just a horrible president. He's a horrible person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, it's, it's really hard to turn on the TV and see what's going on today. Yeah. And, and now, too, I just I just saw that they're talking about having some kind of plans in all 50, you know, armed right. um, armed events in all 50 states coming yeah, up. Yeah, and, and the, the odd thing is that they're, like, proudly – tweeting and and they're on whatever social media platform they can be on and they're they're sharing the fact that they're going to be doing this and then they're turning around and blaming it on antifa right (laughs) it's like you can't have it both ways and it's so crazy because not only do we have to deal with like these these visuals because of what happened on january 6th when it happened we only had part of the story we saw some of it now more footage is coming out it's horrific it's unbelievable it that that the fact that you know Trump has installed people into the Pentagon who ignored calls for right. uh, you know for for people to cut for uh, what is it the uh, what was I see I, I'm like my brain is fading right now but I'll think of it in a minute but basically law enforcement to come down and and stop this and that law enforcement is part of it uh, that's right. uh, the, right. the, the, right. some of these people are it, taking selfies and and hearing about you know flashing badges when they're coming in right just yesterday. Yesterday, too, I read an article. They were, you know, the Capitol Police were warned from New right. York. New yeah. York Police Department warned. And now they're sending more people down for the inauguration, too. But this isn't something that we didn't know was going to happen. Yeah. And then you turn around and look at Donald Trump when he wants to have a photo op. Look at the security yeah. that was in place for him to clear everybody. Yeah. You know, they, they must have used up all their tear gas. Exactly. Um, and rubber bullets that day. Yeah. So he could go hold a Bible upside down as opposed <laughs> to, um, you know, letting them overwhelm the the U.S. Capitol while yeah. it's still in session. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, sh- chanting that they wanted to kill Mike Pence, that they were going after Nancy <sighs> Pelosi. Um, it's it's surreal. I mean, it's like you said, in, in some ways it's not surprising, but it's absolutely shocking to witness this because, you know, right. no matter what your background is, no matter what you experienced in your life, none of us have ever seen anything like this. And it's unfortunate that, you know, I mean, I'm grateful that so many in the media and some, you know, f- uh, I'm going to talk about in a second the fact that uh, there are a bunch of... I know there's like Marriott and Bank of America are considering holding back. I know Marriott is saying we're not going to fund anybody who supported Mm -hmm. this, but I know there's other companies that are considering it. Uh, It's nice to see that right now, but it it, it feels like, okay, we've been, you know, I wasn't allowed to to call anybody a fascist in 2018 uh, because 
somebody higher up would be like, oh, no, 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 we can't use that language. We can't go that far. You know, we, it's, it's weird to me because I remember being a social media influencer back in, say, 2013, 2014, you are not even allowed to mention the word Nazi on Facebook or like right. if you had a public page, like a uh, public political page, you, your page was either going to get dinged for it or go down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it's accepted because of the behavior from the Republican Party. Now on social media, I still feel a little tiny bit of like hesitation before I write the word Nazi anywhere because I right. feel like I'm going to get kicked off. Same. Yeah. But it's Same. accepted now. Although what you cannot write on, on Facebook is you, or what you can do is you cannot criticize white people. Because if you do, which I have many times, I have been dinged for hate speech. And then just the other day, I have a political page that I post on. And I, I don't remember. And I forgot. I forgot the rule. Don't don't criticize white people. And so uh, I can't remember. I think it was the proud. I know what it was. The proud boys uh, didn't want there. I guess there were proud girls and the proud boys didn't like that. So I, I used the word white, white misogynist or something like that. And I got this warning saying your page is about to be shut down. And they didn't tell me wow. why. They, there was no reason like there. They gave me this one link that dated back to, I don't know, some other post I, I wrote in April. And then I, somehow, I can't remember, but I, I figured it out. I'm like, oh, that's why, because I criticized, because I think eventually I noticed wow. that that post was missing. So now my page is at risk of just going away, which is nothing new. Facebook has taken my pages away before. But it's like, the point, though, is that it's so bad that you are allowed to write Nazi and nobody's going to ding you for it. <laughs> and that's <Right>. really scary. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and you see, like, now that I just saw the thing that they have, like, six million wasn't enough on their, right. you know, like, they have Right, yes. Meaning, six those, the, with the... W-E. Yes. That's, that's what that stands for. And yeah. it's, it's sickening. It, it, it is. really is sickening. Um, and it hasn't been... You know, the racism, yeah, there's been systemic racism that's been ingrained in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen it as public yeah. and in your face as I have these last four years. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, absolutely, we've definitely um, been dealing with racism since the start of this country. But, you know, I mean, right, I always right. like to say that, you know, as I was a kid growing up, a Gen Xer, even though Reagan was president and I wasn't paying attention to what he was doing at the time, everything in, in pop culture led me to believe that we were a progressive society, that we were mm-hmm. for equality and that the color of your skin didn't matter. Not that you didn't notice it, but it's just that it didn't matter what color your skin was. Equality should be for all. If you're a male, if you're a female, or if you're black or Chinese or wherever you're from, it doesn't matter this is America and we are a a country that, you know, I kind of figured that, you know, there would be certain discrimination or bigots and stuff like that. But, but what I figured was legally speaking, like the, the laws would be there to protect anyone uh, who might be treated unfairly. And I mean, I knew that at that point, like in the eighties, I understood that black people had it harder or immigrants had it harder, Mm -hmm. but I felt like we were on the road to fixing that. I felt like we were going to, you know, become this really progressive country. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, in some ways we've done it, 
But on, you know, mm-hmm. like we've passed marriage equality. We had the first black male president. And, right. you know, we've done and we've done we've, you know, Nancy Pelosi was the first woman speaker of the House. We've had mm-hmm. some really amazing uh, progressive, I don't know, events happen. But then we also have dealt with people like Karl Rove, Dick Cheney, um, Newt Gingrich. And then we, you know, now we've got Trump and we're taking, and it's like you said, the damage that's been done is massive. Mm-hmm. It's massive. And it's going to take God only knows what. And I mean, are we going to go? I mean, at this point, I'd be happy to go back to where we were and then start pushing for progress. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, it, mm-hmm. where we were needed fixing. But, but at this point, it's like a freaking dream compared to what's going on now, especially with COVID out of control. Right. Because exactly. all these poor it, people it, have and to. And it's like, it's like we just want to get as close to being normal again yeah. as we can. Yeah. Just, you know, where people aren't afraid to come out of their houses. And yes. That's, again, this is due to ineptitude on the Donald Trump administration. Yeah. It's just insane. So now I guess Pelosi, I'm not sure, maybe you know this better than I do. When did Pelosi give Pence 24 hours to invoke the 25th? Um, I thought it was, I, I the talk that I heard was that they were giving him until Sunday night to do it. And then they were going to introduce the articles of impeachment on Monday. Okay. Um, I knew, I know that they had them ready to go on Friday. I okay. saw like representative, um, Omar had them had them written up. They're ready to go. And I think, you know, just waiting for to, for everybody to be on the same page. So right. I don't know if that has been um, held off or, you know, pushed ahead, like given a deadline mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, if they're, you know, just solidifying their vote totals. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, and, and I'd rather, I, I mean, I'd like to see it done as soon as possible. Cause yeah. you know, I mean, the guy still has, he still has a nuclear code. Exactly. He can still, who knows what mm-hmm. um but still so that's i think there's urgency but it you know again it needs to be done right so that we don't look foolish by hurrying up and getting something done yeah but that's i mean true. we've already we've already done it we've, we've right. been through this process before <laughs> make it easier a second time around yeah and i guess part of the uh impeach and i i must i heard part of it would be that he's not allowed to run for office ever again Right. I mean, I don't right. know if he's going to be able to, but just in case he is, I'd like to have that put in there. <laughs> well, the, right, right, and I think that's oh. here that's it is. Wait I, a minute, I, House. Here it is. It's trending. House Democrats unveil article of impeachment against Trump. So does that mean that? The, okay, so they've unveiled it. Does that mean it's right. it's going? It, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and now they'll just have to. We'll have to see when. Like when they meet to do it to do a vote, um, and then and then I know it's going to take a while too right. before like it goes to the Senate. But still, he'll be impeached a second time, which I think is the that's right. the big story. Yes, and, you know, and, and I'd like nothing more than to after everything he's done. I think he needs to look over his shoulder after he leaves the <laughs> White House for everything that he's done yeah. to to hurt this country. And I, you know, and that should be lack of. You know, like Secret Service. Yeah. Why? I feel sorry for those guys. I know. I really do, especially him doing his victory lap. And, yeah. You know, around the hospital, um, when he was he tested positive for it, making these guys sit in the same vehicle with him just mm-hmm. so he can, you know, pat his ego on the yeah, back. Yeah, with no mask. 
right, right, such an asshole. Right. He's such a horrible human being, and I just can't even. Be- I just, I mean, I don't know how many times I can say it, but I can't fucking believe that we're going through this. It's like, oh my god, right. for real. Yeah. And yeah, we need impeachment. Just I think for history's sake. Beca- but mm-hmm. you know what? What's happening right now? Because there was that art. There's an article that came out in the Washington Post. Supporters of uh, Trump who stormed the Capitol um, to stop the ratification of Biden attempted a violent coup. Multiple European security officials said appeared to have had at least tactic support from some of the U.S. federal agencies responsible for securing the Capitol complex, which is really very scary because I don't know what that means for the incoming administration with these people that I mean, I, I obviously the people who put who have been put in by Trump to the Pentagon should be removed immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Anybody who's been put in by Trump needs to be removed. And then there was also the talk of his, and you know, and, uh, the these people that he's just appointed to positions as, and not being voted in. Uh, that something right, about right. them not being able to invoke that he didn't something about I don't know if this is true that you know those appointees or whatever are not going to be able to invoke the 25th anyway. But I think that was up to Pence to do it. Am I correct? He'd have right, to get a vote. To, to get it started, right. Yes, He's yes, the yes. Okay. has to, to bring it about into being. And then the secretaries. But that is that is true, too. And that was a concern that I had when you started seeing, like, um, Betsy DeVos yeah. and, and Mitch McConnell's um, wife step down. It was like, yes. are they even going to have enough secretaries yeah. to be able to pull that off? Um, they are so crooked and gross just so disgusting and the and the thing is is that now you know i mean my fear is obviously for inauguration day whatever kind of i think it should be held inside and Mm -hmm. not not so so that both biden and harris are easy are easy targets i mean there was the pope mobile you know i mean Mm -hmm. he was behind a bulletproof you know uh shield Mm-hmm. But I think there's nothing wrong, especially with COVID raging. I think it would be just absolutely appropriate to hold that ceremony inside. They do it inside anyway after the public one. So just film that, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and I don't know what they're going to do, but it's clearly they're planning to do something. And there's they're all pissed off now. And, you know, I mean, I've seen all kinds of angry parlor posts about you know trump betraying them but really it was a small group of people who felt betrayed it Mm -hmm. wasn't like it wasn't like the whole angry mob is is saying oh my god i think they're all still on a side so uh Mm -hmm. they they are so baked into this idea now that it's like it's not going to it i don't know what to expect on inauguration day and i don't think that you know, Joe Biden is a stupid guy. And I don't think Kamala Harris is a stupid woman. I think they understand the threat that they're facing, but I don't know what they're going to choose. And I don't think this is the time to say, we're not going to cower because it's not about cowering. It's about being practical and understanding, you know, what the threats are and what the dangers are. And then you throw COVID in and it's like, it's to me, it's a no brainer. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they ran the whole, their entire campaign running for the presidential election, dealing with COVID, having virtual events or mm-hmm. having, you know, yeah. like where you drive up in your car. Um, I think that's, I agree with you. That's, that's the smart way to do it. Let's get there. I mean, people haven't, a lot of people didn't even see their family for Christmas. So yeah, it's, I didn't. it's just, you know, a month later, 
let's do the right thing. Let's be safe, especially on the heels of, of this insurrection at our state capitol. Yeah. You know, that's where it's going to be held. It's going to be at the same place. And, exactly. and yes, there, there is a fence around it now, but um, determined people, I, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're talking pipe bombs, zip ties, all this stuff was involved. And there was so much that you don't even hear about half of what, what took place, yeah. you know, with them. What, what, what would they have done? What was their intent? Were they, if, you know, had they broken into um, the chamber while it was in session? Right. You yeah. Know, and hearing they're, they're looking for Pelosi and then having that, um, the freshman that was just elected from Colorado, uh, the dark haired lady that, did, Oh uh, yes. The, I don't about, remember her I'm name. Take my Glock into the Capitol. Yes. Um, her pointing out, you know, Pelosi has left, you know, she's been taken out. So like, kind of like broadcasting what's yeah. going on when you get that kind of help from the inside. Exactly. Um, yeah, she was making her a target. Going on. Yeah. She was basically making Pelosi a target and right. she knew she was doing that. I mean, you can go back to what was it? I think it was 2011, 2012 when Sarah Palin was literally putting those targets on liberal mm-hmm. politicians and then, of course, playing all like, oh, no, no. But that's what they do. That's what they're doing mm-hmm. right now. And it's right. really, really fucking scary. <laughs> Just, yeah. I don't know. It is. Well, let me, you know, I mean, I, I want to say this. Like, we're, we're this is going to be a terrible week. And then we're in for a, a massive, huge cleanup. But thankfully, thankfully, uh, everything that's happened in the last four years caused Americans to turn everything blue. Now, we may not have a strong hold on the Senate. We may not have the strongest hold on the House, but it's all blue. And so we've got two years right now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I keep seeing and I, you know, down my Twitter feed, I'll see the, you know, in the past, there's, you know, the first coup attempt failed, but the second one took. And so we cannot assume that it's over. We have to fight really hard. And I want to go back to what I mentioned earlier about, you know, I mean, Steve Schmidt, did that huge thread to AOC. I'm just going to give you my opinion on it. And then I just want you to talk about whatever you feel like, because I'm very interested in knowing your take on this. And then also just talking about how maybe we can get some of the more disgruntled Democrats or progressive Democrats to understand and accept. We're just, you know, because I feel like there's people like you and me who wanted you, you wanted Bernie. I wanted Bernie in 2016. I wanted Elizabeth Warren. I didn't get my way. I didn't get mm-hmm. what I wanted, but I, but I feel like at this point, after watching everything and, and talking to this woman who I absolutely adore in my grocery store, she's a black woman. She's probably about my age. I'm 52 and I think she might be a year or two younger than me, but she's from the start said Joe Biden. And I kept arguing with her and it was mm-hmm. even before it was before the primaries, and she's like, no, 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 it's got to be a white man. White man against the white man. It's got to be the white man. And I would argue and disagree with her, and I'm like, no, no, it's got to be this one, and, you know, or Kamala Harris or Elizabeth <laughs> Warren. And she's like, I love them both, but no, it's got to be the white man. And then I, you know, I've, I've, t- I've listened, we always talk about politics. She's the sweetest woman, and I love her so much. And so I've come to like, I, I look at the, the positions she takes because clearly she's a black woman. So she's coming from a point of view that I don't have. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm a white woman with privilege. And I mean, she's not, I wouldn't consider her, um, you know, I mean, she's a hard work. She, she works at the courthouse during the week. She works at the grocery store on the weekends. So she works seven days a week. Um, mm-hmm. She is, 
always happy. She's always in a good mood. And we always have a really amazing conversation. And I feel like she was right about Joe Biden, even though he wasn't my first choice, second, third or fourth choice. Um, I do believe he was the man for that moment. He was able to convince some of these never Trumpers to feel comfortable where I don't think they would have felt comfortable voting for Elizabeth Warren. And that makes me sad or even Kamala Harris. It makes me sad to say that, but I feel like that's, you know, our country as a whole, that's what we have to consider. So Steve Schmidt, who wasn't even always my favorite guy. I mean, I always liked his words and I still do. He was on my show and I felt he was kind of condescending. (laughs) Uh, Not so much when he's on MSNBC, but when he was on my show, he was a little condescending and blamed Trump on Democrats and I was taken back by that. But, um, but I still support what he says in the overall picture because right now he is on the side of democracy and, and all of that. So he reaches out to AOC. I don't know if she's talked to him. If I were AOC, I don't know. Did you read that thread that he wrote? No, not, not in reference to her. Well, I mean, he basically you know, gave her all of the due credit she deserves and if I were her, I would be like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, because he made it very clear that she's extremely powerful. And mm-hmm. it is my hope and belief that, you know, because I do not like Rick Wilson. I recognize the guy can be funny and he can be a smart ass. And I will share certain content of his, even though he's been a fucking dick to me. And he has, um, you know, quote tweeted me and been sarcastic and he's been an asshole. But it's like, I really don't care about the personal digs. What I care about is the country. And so mm-hmm. if somebody's got a message that I think is worth sharing, I'll share it. And I really don't care who they are unless there's just some horrible, like there's very few people, unless I've blocked you or whatever. So, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not to say that I love the Lincoln Project guys, but... I recognize right now that they are fighting for the same basic things that we're fighting for. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward, but I feel like this reaching out to AOC, if she can, if she accepts that and they talk and can come to some kind of like a truce or some kind of like a, um, an understanding that it would benefit all of us when it comes to election time, because her criticism I thought was merited right after it was announced that, that Joe Biden won, he was the nominee. That's when she immediately started tweeting about how Lincoln Project got credit for what actual organizers of color did. And so mm-hmm. I and I agreed with the fact that even though I'm grateful for what the Lincoln Project was doing, really the reason why so many ke- people came out to vote was that grassroots organizing. People like Stacey Abrams have much more to do with it and but then I think the Lincoln Project helped some of these Trumper people or or Republicans who didn't like Trump and were torn. I think the Lincoln Project people were like, okay, they've convinced me. I'll vote. Maybe I'll vote for you know Republicans down ticket, but I'm going to vote mm-hmm. for Joe Biden. And so I'm just curious, like, how can we as a party with a huge huge massive coalition from all the way from like steve schmidt to aoc what can we do moving forward where do you see this going how can we all accept the fact that we're not going to get our way all of the time but if we unify we can win elections that keeps the fascists out um i that's a great 
Um, that's a great topic to discuss. And I think part of it goes back to like the DNC, the convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where it was like we gave Republicans like like a Kasich mm-hmm. more time to speak than like real, you know, progressive leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I would love to see um, on a national level more outreach to unify progressives with yes. like, you know, the center mm-hmm. um, more so after, especially after after Biden got the nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm dying. It was like, yep, there's no there's no choice but to vote for Biden over mm-hmm. Trump. Because mm-hmm. he obviously, he's the only chance we have at somebody listening to us um, to try to get things done. But I think, you know, that and place in, with importance, too, over just having turned everything blue. It's yeah. like now we have two years to prove to the American people that their vote was well placed. Mm-hmm. We need to show them, especially during during a global pandemic. Um, and there's so much to clean up mm-hmm. that, you know, we need to make sure that people feel like they were paid attention to it. And that includes um, Republicans. I think one of the things I'm looking forward to with Joe Biden as a president is that he's not going to try to vilify or try to hurt people that voted against him. Yeah. Um, You know, and, you know, like Donald Trump punished, was out to punish people that didn't like him. We're not going to see that from, Mm -hmm. from Joe Biden. And we wouldn't have seen that from anybody that would have won the democratic nomination. Um, but right. you know, and I do, I welcome any help to get rid of Donald Trump, but I think, you know, personally I'm one to like, okay, where are they going to be? Where is this group going to be after this election? Yeah, are they going right. to be, you know, what, so it's like, yeah, let's work together. Let's find ways to, to create dialogue, to stay in touch because mm-hmm. there's going to be, once we get, you know, hopefully there's going to be a sane Republican party again. Cause mm-hmm. I remember several years back like my dad used to be a republican and mm-hmm. he wasn't it wasn't this ex- these extreme views right. you know now that they have with this q and and all this other right, stuff yeah, going that... on. um but and, you know you could sit down and you could talk and they were like yeah. you know conservative they were more it was more about dollars and cents and not wanting mm-hmm. to spend a lot of money and that mm-hmm. was okay i get that i mm-hmm. get that and now it's to the point where there's like we're nearly you know, like a, a civil war mm-hmm. going on, at least, you know, virtually there's mm-hmm. one going on. And, and one could argue, too, with this recent insurrection at the yes. Capitol, that now it's it's a lot more um, in your face. It's yeah. a lot more dangerous. Um, so, yeah, it's great to have Republican voices that can speak reason mm-hmm. to people that, you know, that have reason and, and did, that don't believe they want to believe in something sane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get the fact that not everybody is wants to vote Democratic line, whether it's, you know, like your religious beliefs, you, mm-hmm. you believe um, like pro-birth or, or mm-hmm. whatever your issue is. I get that. And and we should be able to to argue things, to, mm-hmm. to debate points, mm-hmm. um, but do it peacefully like it's been done for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I welcome those voices. And, yeah, obviously, because you know where they're from. You know they're Republicans. You know they're conservatives. That You're going to disagree on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but at least the – with the – you know, the, the like the old school Republicans, I'll call them, the ones that you could reason with, mm-hmm. um, you didn't have to worry about them shooting you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's so I, I mean, sad. I welcome, oh I welcome that kind of discourse. <laughs> yeah. And – I look forward to it and just, yeah, if we can work together on something, great, let's do it. Because that's going to, 
you know, the next time we walk into a room and we're coming from opposite sides of the aisle, we're like, hey, we we talked. We got through that yeah. thing before. And, and we know we can work together. We, we know we're going to have differences. Um, but let's so let's work together where we can find things to work together on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I mean, before we're going to talk about, like, you know, the Democratic Party welcoming in welcoming uh, Republicans and I'm all for, you know, big, the biggest tent we can get, mm-hmm. but let's unite our own people mm-hmm. first. People yeah. that feel within the progressive movement that feel like we're being ignored now. And right. I think a lot of things can be done by the way that, that uh, president elect Biden picks his cabinet, the mm-hmm. people he picks for that. Um, it was great seeing a union guy, you know, Marty Welsh, department of labor mm-hmm. um, and Deb Holland for the, the, Department of Interior. I don't think a better person could have been picked for for that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but let's, you know, and it's diverse too, which yes. is really great to see. So yeah. let's let's get. I want to see more people, more progressives welcomed in, and, and yeah. felt like, yeah, you're part of this party too. You helped us get here, and mm-hmm. I mean the way that you know after after Bernie. Um, after Bernie suspended his campaign to, to go, you know, Mm -hmm. and campaign again for, for the nominee. I think it's great Mm -hmm. to see. It's like, let's, all the things are there to help us unify. We just have to pay attention and welcome the people in. Yeah. Um, And and then again with the other side too, because if if people can see, you know, in future elections, voters see that, yes, we were willing to work with, you know, we had Republicans getting rid of the craziness and it's like, okay, so the Democrats aren't, they aren't, you know, let's not vilify them the way that Donald Trump had us look yeah. at them. Because the reality is the fact that we have a lot more in common um, than we do differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always like, I go to somebody like Joe Manchin, and he's only voted with Democrats 40 times, uh, 40% of the time. But he's in West Virginia. He mm-hmm. has been reelected and reelected. I, I disagree with the idea of primarying him with someone more progressive or, or more liberal, just because I think that there's the opportunity for him to lose and then a Republican gets in there, and that's 0% of the time. So on mm-hmm. many of the important things, and I'm not going to say all, but many of the important things like health care, Manchin votes with the Democrats. Uh, he pisses Democrats off a lot of the time because mm-hmm. he, you know, he does side with conservatives and Republicans. But again, he's answering to his constituents. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, and even though his votes affect me living in Maryland or when I lived in California, because you know he his votes are national and 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 some of these laws are national laws. Um, he's got to answer to his constituents to get reelected. If he wants to mm-hmm. keep going. So I look at somebody like him and think, all right, well, you know, I mean, I, I feel like people like Bernie Sanders have done a pretty decent job of pushing the Democratic Party to the left. And mm-hmm. I think that we have a long way to go. But one way I can easily describe it is like the Democratic Party really, really dropped the ball. And I understand why initially, but they really dropped the ball when it came to the Equal Rights Amendment. And, for mm-hmm. you know, it, it really took a Donald Trump presidency to get those last three states after decades of just laying dormant and dead to get those last three states ratified. And then it it took in Virginia, I never can remember the number and I got to look it up one day, five to seven Republican men 
to vote for the ERA. And so what that showed me, and I've repeated this on my program many times, what that showed me is we can work together. There are common goals and we, not all Republicans are terrible. And, you know, I mean, I think there are a lot of Republicans right now who are feeling stuck. They don't know what to do. You know, they're, they're not the Ted Cruz variety. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure I'd argue with them on everything (laughs) or most everything, but I think that they are true patriots who have a different perception of how life should be, whether it's, you know, they don't believe, like, for instance, my, um, somebody in my family is a, is a Republican. And so he and I were talking about the Equal Rights Amendment before it finally passed in Virginia earlier, or early 2020. And, and so he didn't see any reason for it to pass. And because we're, we're not blood related, but, you know, we're related through other people. And, and since it was a family situation, it certainly didn't get heated or, you know, angry. But we got very, you know, we were debating. And mm-hmm. it just, it was obvious that neither one of us was going to be, on, neither one of us was going to concede. We were like, okay, I, this is how I feel. This is how I feel. But we debated it and we did it in a friendly way. And it was funny mm-hmm. because the next day I saw him and he apologized to me. And I said, you have nothing to apologize for because this is what you believe. And you told me what you believed. I disagree with you and you disagree with me. But you were ne- he was never rude to me. He, he ne- it's like you said, he didn't shoot me. It wasn't this crazy. So it's like I, I totally agree with you that the Democrats do need to pay more attention to the Bur- progressive side. I think sometimes they take us a little bit a- a advantage because I think – progressives are viewed a lot of the time as more extreme extre- like mm-hmm. what i like to call the the fringe left that are just ridiculous <laughs> you know what i mean they're just ridiculous and all they want to do is attack both parties and they offer no solutions they just they use the same language over and over and they they constantly attack and i feel like we're never going to get anywhere if we do that and you know and mm-hmm. they refer to people like me as either somebody who has blind allegiance to the Democratic Party, which, no, uh, I have allegiance to what the best case scenario is for the country, you know, with what we're facing at that moment. Whoever mm-hmm. that is, that's what I'm going to go with because it's, you know, it, and, and like the word incremental is a dirty word. And, and it's like in some cases, incremental is the only way it's going to get done. And I go back to the Joe Manchin thing because it's like we have to share this country with a lot of conservative people. There are a lot of conservative Democrats who I don't necessarily even get along with because I feel like they just don't get it. And it fucking drives mm-hmm. me nuts when I talk to them. And basically, they're going to vote the same way I do. But I feel like, you know, but we have to share a home with them. And so it's like, you know, and then the Democratic Party, I think this particular election, aside from the amazing grassroots efforts that clearly succeeded, I think one of the biggest motivators to vote was Donald Trump. And we're not going to have that anymore. There's not going to be this big boogeyman to make everybody pissed off and riled up. You know, we're going to have boring Joe Biden who isn't going to be pissing everybody off every five seconds and freaking everybody out. And, you know, when it comes to voting in 2024, it very well may be a black woman. And the Democrats have to get their shit together (laughs) because if it's Kamala Harris, you know, it's going to be very difficult to convince racist sexist america to vote for her 
And but I think we can do it. But it's like I I think that it's a combination of like what you're saying that that the Democrat at the DNC has to put somebody in there who understands how to reach out to our own to people who haven't voted before, but that are, would lean Democratic, and then also to just you know find a truce or some kind of peace with uh, if it's the Lincoln Party people because I'm the, I, I say the same thing you do. I'm going to watch what they do. You know, and I said that about AOC initially, and it wasn't that I was against her. I just was like, okay, I'm going to watch her for two years. Or I didn't decide how long. I didn't know the length of time. But it was like, I'm going to watch her, and then I'm going to decide what to feel about her. And she just consistently impressed me. And I know that mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there, including Democrats, who think that she's all for show. And it's like, well, like she hasn't done anything. And it's like, well, she's been in a Republican-controlled Congress. There's only so much she can do. And what she's been able to do, in my opinion, she's been extremely impressive. But, uh, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like and I think that give her some real legislative power and let's watch what this woman's going to do, because she's she blows my mind. (laughs) She's fantastic when it comes to swatting down assholes like Ted Cruz and just fearless. Just, She's just yeah. fearless. She's really good at and, it. And that's what we, we need that. We need so much more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, it's great to see. And just adding more progressive voices, you know, and like to Katie the squad. Porter, Katie Porter's to, another one. She's she's progressive in a different way. She's progressive in a way that's just so down to earth and matter of fact. She's a student of Elizabeth Warren. Whenever she brings mm-hmm. out that whiteboard, it's like, oh, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. No, I I mean, we do have some amazing voices um, right now. But and then again, you know, it's like we need to show if we want to win in two years, even. Yeah. We want to keep the Senate. We want to. I mean, because we did lose seats in the House. Yes. So people are, are, you know, a little frustrated there. But Mm -hmm. we need to we need to do things that are going to help people. Otherwise, they're going to lose interest. We're going to go back down to, you know, the people that we were like, look, this is the most important election of your mm-hmm. lifetime. It's, yeah. it's going to go back to they didn't listen to me. Nothing happened. Why do I keep voting? It's mm-hmm. like now we need to keep our gas, our foot on the gas pedal yeah. um, and show people that all this effort to get rid of this, this horrible person in the White House. Um, it's like, look, there was there was a reason why we, we, we needed your vote and mm-hmm. we're going to show you by, we're going to, we're going to make life better for you. We're going to make, you know, make it easier to keep a roof over your head, to pay your bills, to have a good paying job yeah. and, and to get medical care. Um, because, you know, Donald Trump didn't care. He didn't no. even care about the people that supported him <sighs> having these huge rallies where, you know, people are meeting a person. Mm-hmm. So now it's time to let's show everybody whether, you know, no matter who you voted for, whether you voted for a Democrat, whether you voted for a Republican, or if you voted independent, mm-hmm. let's, let's show, you know, as Democrats, we have majority everywhere. Let's show this country that we really are about helping working people. And, if we don't do it now, I think we're going to get our, our backsides handed to us in a couple of years. I agree. And that's what really freaks me out. I mean, I hate going from, you know, five seconds of cheering, we won, to, okay, right. now yeah. we're, you know, I mean, we've already, we've still got COVID hanging over our heads. At least, yes. you know, we're in the tunnel and we can see the light, even though we're still kind of in the thick of the tunnel. It's still kind of dark where we are, but the light is there. 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's I'm grateful for that. And I know that once Biden gets in, the rollout will be much will be smoother. And it's not even that it's been so horrible. There's been snags and snafus along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's kind of to be expected, uh, especially with Trump in charge. But with with anybody, because it's like this is this this vaccine came so quickly and it has to be distributed. And it's such a difficult job to do in the first place. So. But I think it will run more. It'll be more smooth with Biden in. And then it's Mm -hmm. just going to, you know, I mean, uh, we as Democrats, especially Democrats who have bigger platforms, I think we really have to encourage the participation. And I'm hoping that young people who have been through this, they've been through school shootings. They are dealing with ridiculous amounts of, of college debt. They've now got COVID that they, you know, will have to remember for the rest of their lives and how Mm -hmm. this particular administration handled it. There are so many terrible things that I think young people might, and I hope, be motivated a little bit more than they have been in the past because it's just so easy to write everybody off as crooked and corrupt. And it's just easier to say that than to go vote. And, mm-hmm. you know, and to say, all right, well, we may not get our way this this first time we vote and we may not get our way the second time we vote. But if we just keep voting and we keep adding to the voter pool, that eventually we can make a difference. Because I, I think, you know, I mean, when you take a look at the amount of people, even in this election, even though this was a historic turnout, uh, there was still a huge part of the population that didn't vote. Right. <laughs> I don't understand those people. But. I feel like, you know, we need to be reaching out to them all the time. And I think that if, 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 if Democrats who have, like I was saying, you know, influence and any kind of say, if we just keep pushing for this, if we just keep pushing to be engaged and to vote blue, because I understand, I understand the frustration with certain progressives that if you say vote blue no matter who, it, it basically means that you are kind of like blind allegiance to the party and you're not questioning. No, but what mm-hmm. we have to do is we have to be paying attention the day after the election and every day after that instead of just showing up at the last minute to vote. And everybody starts like mm-hmm. the – unfortunately, the Green Party only comes out and starts you know, having any kind of say in anything in a massive way um, at election time. Right. I don't hear from them during the rest of the you – know, in, in between elections, I'm just, I mean, I don't follow them. So, I mean, they're not, but I mean, it's, they haven't been able to catch on. And it's because mm-hmm. I think part of my frustration, you know, I have frustration with, with conservative Democrats or conservatives, but my frustration with some, and I'm going to always call them fringe or even some typical progressives is that they don't, they, A, they don't vote in every election and they don't take it upon themselves to call their you know legislator legislators some do but some don't so it's like i get your frustration but we have to stay we can't just come up every four years and start screaming this is something we have to do every (laughs) freaking day whether it's putting pressure on elected officials on twitter or writing them letters or calling them because if people in power don't feel the pressure they're not going to do a damn thing right right nothing I mean, working people haven't been. We didn't get the eight-hour workday by kindly asking. Yeah. Hey, I only work eight hours a day, please. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We have to let them know that we are. You know, we're 
much bigger crowd than they are where there's a lot Mm -hmm. of us and we're paying them. you know i mean i heard this at the capitol and i hated it but they're like we're paying you we're paying you but the truth is we do our taxes pay Mm -hmm. our elected officials and they work for us and so Mm -hmm. we elect them to do this job and if they don't i mean again i go back to aoc look her constituency overwhelmingly re-elected her so Mm -hmm. they love what she's doing and you know on the other hand, there are elected officials like, for instance, my podcast partner, Stephanie, was running for city council in Oakland. Now, f- unfortunately, she had to deal with COVID. She was a first time candidate. She mm. had to do it during COVID. She's so energetic. She's so exciting and fun and infectious. She's got this infectious personality. And perhaps if we didn't have COVID going on, she might have had a better shot. But she was up against an incumbent male Democrat who was using misogynistic language when speaking about her and he was a, basically just a dick and you know and she mm. lost that election and you know she might have lost just because people have a tendency to fill in the the incumbent okay I'll just fill in this you know they don't know who they're voting mm-hmm. for they see a D after their name and they assume well not all D's are the same and and so it's like it, I mean I wish that somebody like Stacey Abrams would run the DNC, but I think that she's going to be running for governor in Georgia. But I want I, I would love to have somebody with her kind of energy, know how, and understanding of things. You've got this woman who was cheated out of her seat in right. in Georgia and turned it around to what she did was phenomenal. But it's what the Democratic Party needs to do all the time. We need people like her to make sure we're going in the right direction. And I mean, I think we did a pretty good job. I think it might've been better, um, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to celebrate what we have. And I just, my whole thing is that I want progressives. I want everybody on the spectrum in the democratic party to be able to come together at election time, even if we don't get our desires filled, you know, my desires weren't filled, you know, with, in any election, really, you don't always get what you want. Um, we don't always because we have to share this house. We have to share this home mm-hmm. with a lot of people who feel very differently than we do. And so, unfortunately, that, that means we have to compromise not our principles, but maybe delay it or, or understand that it's just going to take some more work. Because this is, I mean, America is such a unique country and it's such a unique setup that we've been able to, for all these years, Kamala Harris said, democracy is not a given. It's something we have to fight for every day. And, and, and it's been proven now mm-hmm. with this madman. And so I feel very strongly that, I mean, I, I, I am 100%, 100% on board with the progressive agenda. But I recognize that it's not going to go down the way I want it to. And, you know, that said, there are people who are like, okay, well, they're centrist Dems and they they feel like, you know, doing certain things is safer and where I'm all for bold progressive agendas. Okay, well, we got to find a way to get together and not beat each other up and tear each other apart when we have Russia working overtime and God only knows whatever, you know, because it's like a lot of attention has been on Russia because of what they've done. But, but now other countries could use their playbook, even the GOP. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. At this point in the game, are you a Russian troll? Are you a GOP troll? Are you a Chinese troll? Are you a whatever? I don't know. I mean, I I have no idea what kind of, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know who it could be because there's a mm-hmm. lot of countries, a lot of people who would like to see our country 
be torn down. And when I said Chinese, I don't mean I think our Chinese are our adversaries, but I'm just saying that overall, you never know what countries are looking and, and what they're learning. What, I mean, you don't know. And right. so we are just kind of right now sitting out there vulnerable to this. And when we fall for it, like I fell for the Russian disinformation during 2016, and it was, you know, it's upsetting to learn that I fell for some of it. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I feel like, okay, well, now I understand it. I think a lot of us understand what went on. We, we need to not knee-jerk. We need to not, uh, like, allow ourselves to be sucked in to these posts that we see on social media, you know, because they're mm-hmm. damaging and they're not always true. And it's sometimes it's very difficult to differentiate what's true and what isn't. Especially, I can say that, you know, in 2016, certain reports I'd see about Hillary Clinton planted those seeds of doubt in my head. And mm-hmm. I was just like, hmm, hmm. And I look back and, I, and, and all of that was bullshit. You know, right. it doesn't, doesn't mean I think Hillary Clinton is like the best person in the world, but at the same time, I didn't give her the credit she deserved because I had all the, because Russian disinformation was causing me to doubt her. And then it mm-hmm. was picked up by, by certain progressives who, who were so angry at her and they didn't want, you know, I mean, and like for instance, my mother, it's funny because I think a lot of people loved Hillary Clinton while she was working. She'd always have really high uh, poll ratings when she was working and doing the job. But then when she's a campaigner, um, you know, of course, we've got a lot of the all the decades smears and all that. But there was a certain period like some people felt she came off as entitled and as if she just automatically deserved it. And I'm not saying she did. I'm just saying there were certain people who felt that way. And I'm, my mother would talk about sometimes her, her attitude and the way she came across. And but again, my mom was also falling a little bit for this disinformation and it's like now we can both look back and say all right regardless if she was your first choice and all that uh the amount of bullshit that that was out there caused people to change their perceptions or it altered their perceptions and i and and so we can't afford that anymore we just can't afford Mm -hmm. it and you know we're allowed to criticize our you know elected officials and uh, absolutely think we should i think we should criticize the press when they fail to mm-hmm. accurately like with with certain choices of headlines especially their misogyny or the both sides crap i think we should be, right. always be calling them out um we should mm-hmm. call out democratic whether it's candidates or politicians for for whatever it is that they may be doing or not doing that is is you know they need to be working for the people period but it's mm-hmm. like then we, the, um, but we also have to be mindful about. Like I always come back to in an election season, you know, I, I I look at AOC and what she said after Joe Biden was named the candidate. She did not do it three weeks before the election. She didn't mm-hmm. criticize the fact that Lincoln Project was getting all this praise while, you know people of color on the ground doing really hard work were being ignored. She, she waited. And that's what I think we need. Like sometimes you just got to put aside, you know, your beef so that we can win. And then as soon as we win, then let's go. Okay. It's just like they do in football. They go back and they look at the play 
and they figured out what they did right and they figured out what they did wrong. And the goal is not to point fingers per se, but to say, here's how we can improve next time. Mm-hmm. And that's all, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it'd be nice to just to look at all, like all the different races. There was after this past election, when we lost a couple of house seats, it was like, there was like blame being pushed everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I, I don't think it's like one size fits all. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's look at the district. And I mean, it was great to see progressives that ran on um, very, you know, progressive ideals. They get reelected again. Yeah. And, you know, then there were other tough districts. And it's I think what it comes down to is finding a message that people are going to resonate with mm-hmm. for the things that that, you know, electing representatives that care about the people yeah. and you're going to see that and how they interact if they come back to you know after getting elected are they coming back having town halls are they listening mm-hmm. to people mm-hmm. um being able to explain i mean even though i might disagree with somebody i could explain why i have the position that i do and how i feel it's going to help them out it's yeah. nothing there's been nothing about you know like a, a donor or a, a group that would um you know like contribute to me that I would sell out constituents to. Yeah. It was like, look, if you're, if you want to, this is how I'm running my campaign. These are, I, these are values that I have. If you want to help me, help me and mm-hmm. let's do this together. Mm-hmm. But don't give me, don't give me some kind of support and expect me to change mm-hmm. my message or my values because of that. And right. I wish we had more, you know, more people that, that ran for office like that. We had yeah. a lot of really good candidates that, that did make it through in 2020. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, running in a, you know, gerrymandered district. But I think we, you know, and that's one of the goals we need to work towards too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Stacey Abrams has done just such a phenomenal job in Georgia, getting people mm-hmm. to vote. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing we need to do is, is overturn Citizens United. Yes. And money is such a huge issue, too. Yes. And that's going to, you know, that'll take away the bribery in, in politics. And it can help get representatives back to working for the people that elect them. You mm-hmm. get that money out. And, mm-hmm. and it, it should be like one person equals one vote, not, you know, one million dollars can, right. can change the mind of thousands of voters. Mm-hmm. So are you ever going to run again? Um, it's a, it's a possibility. I, I mean, like this last cycle, I felt that because I was, I'm in a gerrymandered district, yeah. um, that was drawn up for Paul Ryan. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to bang my head against the wall, yeah. um, and try to do that again. But I just want to do the most good where I can. So that's why we, right. you know, we were running with iron pack and helping some really good progressive candidates throughout the country, um, try to help them out. And uh, Reverend Warnock was one of them, which was mm-hmm. great to see yes. what happened in Georgia. It really was amazing. I'm um, so grateful. I'm yeah, so yeah. grateful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was like I can do more good helping more people right. than just me trying to run. Because it was, you know, when I ran for Congress, it wasn't just about an election. It was part of, you know, my involvement with furthering a movement. Yeah. And just getting more people to feel like, yeah, I can. And, and I mean, that was one of, that was something that um, was really great when I talked to candidates this last cycle, um, where like people 
that were like, you know, you, you know, your race helped make me feel like I could win this. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And just like a, an everyday person mm-hmm. running for office, like Mondaire Jones, mm-hmm. talking to him, we, you know, supported him too. And that's what we need. We need more people that feel the pains of, yeah. you know, just trying to survive, just trying to make it to make those decisions. That's where you'll get somebody like a fearless person, like an AOC mm-hmm. to come in. And it was like, look, I've lived this. Mm-hmm. I, I know what it's like to have to struggle. Um, and I'm running to help those people. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell the authenticity mm-hmm. of, of a candidate as opposed to somebody that, you know, like that, that Senator Loeffler, who is just like an animatron. Like, yes. It was like, she's not here for anybody no. except for herself. Yeah. Um, so that's why I, I want to get more candidates like, like that, that, yeah. you know, more bartenders, more construction workers, more. Maybe you should run the DNC. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would love, I mean, I totally get what you're saying, and I, and I do agree with you that uh, wherever you're going to have the most power is where I would like for you to be. But it would be wonderful to see you as an elected official. And, and I say that because I f- you're one of those people that you can feel the authenticity. You truly do fight for the people. You are one of us, and you've been through stuff. And so you would not let go of your values because you got power and you know, I mean, I can understand that it would be that it can be tough, right? You know, you get, I mean, I was an actor, I was never famous or I was never overly, you know, that successful. I had some success, but I was never like this hardcore working actor that was just making my living doing it. But I can imagine, especially the younger you are when all of a sudden you get all this power and everybody's complimenting you and everybody's wanting a piece of you, uh, you could get kind of lost in your own, you know, your own power and you start believing your own bullshit. And I think sometimes that happens, but you're the kind of person that that's not going to happen because you have just, you've, you've had enough life experience to understand that it's not, it's, that you're not just going to fold, like you said, to a donor mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I would love to see you run again. But but I would I would absolutely prefer that whatever position, wherever you have the most power, that's where I want to see you. Because you are genuine and you do care. And we need more people like that in politics, no matter what their position is, just so that we can, you know, because we have to win elections. We're just, Democrats have a very, it's unfortunate that things, happened the way they did, especially with Trump, because whether it was certain Democrats, whether it was people in the media or obviously Republicans who refused to accept the reality of who he was. You know, it's not a big surprise. Now they're finally using the word fascist fairly comfortably, but they, you know, we were all screaming fascist from the escalator, you know, I mean, ride. You know, we're like, no, this guy is not good. And, you know, we absolutely didn't we knew he was going to be bad but i think that he's i get, in some ways i'm grateful worse things didn't happen um mm-hmm. but at the same mm-hmm. time so many terrible things have happened we can we can use these terrible things as learning tools we you know he obviously pointed out what was not strong enough uh, these these they weren't rules or laws but just tr- traditions and norms uh, were always upheld even by somebody like George Bush. So we, we took them for granted. And it, it seems now that we have to, 
you know, whether it's a, a constitutional amendment or some kind of Supreme Court ruling or something, we have to be we have to have certain rules in place so that somebody like Trump can't come in and just start killing democracy as easily as he did. And unfortunately, with the help uh, of certain Democrats, because they were too afraid to use certain words or are we were, were too afraid to be bold. It's like, I don't know what they were afraid of. The Republican Party was acting like lunatics before Trump came along. So when Trump mm-hmm. came along, it just made them even more crazy and more emboldened. And, you know, it should have this all should have happened with uh, when when uh, what was it? The the both uh, or the very fine people on both sides, Charlottesville. Charlottesville. That's when it should have happened. All the stuff that's happening now, as far as, you know, uh, now I think big companies like Marriott and Bank of America, they're saying we're not going to give people money who support the insurrection. That should have happened then. (laughs) You know, but, but okay, we're a little late, but I, we need to remember this. We need to remember. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, well, yeah, or, I mean, and I mean, just think too, like if if Twitter would have done something, yes, to Trump's account, you know, way back when he yeah. was obviously breaking rules too, mm-hmm. and no, because he's the the leader of a country, he was given preferential treatment, mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I know Ang- Angela Merkel is kind of upset. I think she called it problematic that he was taken off, but it's like. I don't care who you are. If you're not obeying the rules of whatever platform you're on, not they say no president is above the law. Why is he above the rules? I mean, of course, there are certain rules that, yes, a president could, but not when you're inciting violence, not when you're spreading dis- right. misinformation. So I'm going right. to have to go ahead and disagree with uh, Angela Merkel on this one. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but anyway, well, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I just, uh, um, it was just always great to talk with you. Well, I, um, I love talking to you and you're such a, I don't want to belittle you, but you're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you have a sweet nature. You have a fighting nature, but I can hear coming from you like a sweet, gentle man. And I appreciate yeah, we it. Yeah, just, we, there's, I mean, there's so many people that are hurting and yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's plenty of anger, but, um, you know, that's going to get safer once you step inside the ring. And, yeah. Um, just, you know, other than that, it's just helping as many people and just pass around a microphone. Anybody that has a platform and there's, you know, people that are hurting, whether it's a GoFundMe, you know, this the new healthcare system right. that was put in place under Trump um, or whatever it is. People just need to feel like they're like people care about them mm-hmm. and just it, it's so easy to do right now and it's so sometimes it seems so hard to find especially with everybody in, in lockdown mm-hmm. um, yeah and not having access to their family and that's just I know that's, that's all that's all it is it's just caring and just being really pissed off at, at what's going on and um you know saving the energy for for the fight once you get in the ring and, yeah and giving it all you got and <laughs> get knocked down get back up and, and just keep swinging yeah um, so it's a little bit of a rest period now, just waiting for, you know, let's get the inauguration. Let's get Joe Biden in the White House, mm-hmm. Donald Trump dragged out if need be. <laughs> and then let's push for issues that are going to help people. And it's going to take, you know, a combination of working with elected representatives yeah. that are that have been elected, as well as activism. It's got to be like an inside out um, 
combination to be able to get things done. And yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm optimistic that we are going to do things. And I, I'm ho very hopeful that it's going to be enough to keep a majority everywhere in two years. Yes, please, please. <laughs> well, yes. thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming back. I love talking to you. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Okay, on Twitter, it's Ironstache, I-R-O-N-S-T-A-C-H-E. Um, and also, if you want to help working people get elected, our website is ironpack.org. Awesome. Um, is that is that in your Twitter bio? It is. Okay, good. It, um, yeah, it is. Okay. Ironpack is on it. So then what I'll do is, as I usually do, I will put your Twitter handle and that link into the description of the Patreon for the show. And then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget to, that extra E because my mom <laughs> had to go make everything confusing. And then, of course, the same, <laughs> the same name, Kimberly Johnson, on Amazon. You can find my books, uh, Peyton's Choice, which is about teen abortion, but it's also about, like, first love and all that stuff. And then The Virgin Diaries, An American Woman. Just take a look at uh, what I have. And if you go over to Amazon and you're like, hey, I want to get her book. And if you read it and you like it, I ask that you give a review because authors need reviews. But anyway, uh, it was wonderful talking to you, Randy. Thank you so Likewise, much. Take care and you stay safe. Thank you. You do the same.